You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. Please remember that all of the information in this podcast episode is limited to general information only. That means the information is not specific to you, your needs, goals, or objectives. So you should seek the advice of a licensed and trusted financial professional before acting on the information. And before you acquire or apply for a financial product, please read the PDS or product disclosure statement, which should be available on the issuer's website. Lastly, please keep in mind that past performance is not indicative of future performance. Today's episode is part of our financial resilience mission here at RASC Australia. Our mission at RASC is to help build up the financial resilience of every Australian and Kiwi, and to do that, we need your help. The definition of resilience, according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, is the capability of a strained body to recover its size and shape after deformation caused especially by compressive stress or an ability to recover from or adjust easily to misfortune or change. So how does that relate to financial resilience? Financial resilience is all about having the resources and tools that you need to overcome financial setbacks in your life. So what are we doing to achieve this mission? We provide free financial education courses for all Australians at Rask Education. We're also calling on Aussies and Kiwis who have overcome financial challenges and want to inspire others on their journey. If you've paid down 20K of debt or maybe even more, or if you've come back from unemployment, dealt with domestic and financial abuse, even if you've made a million dollars, whatever your financial Everest was or is, we want to hear how you climbed it and how you overcame it. We're also producing high quality financial news and information on our sites at RAS Media, Best ETFs and RASC Education. We're running an online community that you can join for everyone to share their financial highs and lows with each other because we know how important it is to have a community when you're trying to improve your own personal finances. We're hosting events, or we've hosted events, and we plan to host a lot more, as well as workshops that will help you build your financial skills and connections in the community. And we're also employing individuals at Rask Australia who live by our values and are committed to improving the financial lives of others. So what can you do to help us with this mission? The first thing you can do is volunteer to share your story of overcoming financial challenges and building financial resilience 
You can do that and you can share your story with us by using a Google form. You'll see the link in the description for this episode that will take you to a Google form where you can share your details with us. We'd also love if you encouraged your friends, family and colleagues to take one of our free financial courses at Rask Education because that's a great way to help build financial resilience within your community. And finally, please consider joining our Facebook group where you can learn from others, you can share your experiences or your opinion and you can build connections with other Australians taking control of their financial futures. We'll put a link in the description. So without further ado, here's today's fantastic listener story. Kate, welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. Good to be back on. Today we have another very special episode. We have a listener story. So the fellow who is speaking with us today and sharing his story has been very candid and he's going to share some things that I think a lot of people will experience probably in a different guise or, or what have you. But the person we've got today is a fellow by the name of Jeff. So welcome, Jeff. Hey guys, how's it going? Very good. Thanks, mate. Very good. Kate and I received your email when you submitted your story. And from what I can tell, it's kind of just like a whirlwind thing. Like it's it's like everything was going okay and then this thing happened. So it's going to be a pretty pretty cool story for people and a journey for them to go on. Why don't I just throw it over to you then? And throughout your story, we might even interrupt you, be so rude and ask some questions if uh, if we need to. But why don't we just throw it over to you and just, you know, explain how things came to be and, and what happened? Yeah, no worries. So yeah, I, I guess 2020 has been absolute well-earned for everyone. I consider myself in my current situation to be incredibly lucky given everything that has happened. You know, a lot of people have been made redundant, lost jobs, um, and separated from partners, all the rest of it. So my situation is very unique, very first world problems, I guess you'd call. But I guess the reason that I, I wrote into you guys was even though I am in a position where I'm you know, earning a substantial salary, a very secure employment throughout this year of several things happened that I ended up falling trapped to credit card debt. And that sort of spiraled out of control through a, a, a sequence of events that occurred from sort of midway through the year, early-ish in the year, I guess you'd say. And, you know, never had a, a credit card before this year. It was uh, frightening to, to see the, when I look back, the change in the, the mental mindset that, that occurred that allowed me to transition that far into credit debt. So I guess in short, you know, maybe two months ago, I, I it hit the penny dropped, I guess, where I realized that I had uh, two credit cards maxed out for a total of about 25K with a car loan sort of sitting there at about 10K. Yeah, it, it just, just penny dropped and it just went, wow, I've got to do something about it. So In what you said to us, um, if we go back to say like 2018, yeah. You said you subscribed to the Barefoot Investor and things seemed to be going pretty good at that time. Yeah, I guess. So 2018, I think I graduated university as an engineer in 2016, 2017, somewhere around there. I was earning, you know, I, I started as a graduate on about 100K salary. So yeah, I, I'm on good money. I always have been. I've been working sort of in the mines and FIFO for a number of years now. So 2018, I was still sort of living paycheck to paycheck. And then I my, I think my parents gave me a copy of the Barefoot um, Investor, the, the the first book he did, and I just became fixated, um, not fixated, but just very intrigued in how how much I didn't know. And I guess I, I started going down a path of doing all these steps from start to finish, changing my super over, built up the emergency fund, 
started salary sacrificing to super and then yeah, I started investing. And that sort of continued out through 2019. And then I, I started listening to you guys. A lot of the early stuff is very similar between yours and Barefoot's. And yeah, so 20, 2018, 19, everything was going very smooth sailing, very, comfort, very comfortable sort of in my financial position. And I was learning a lot more from as, as someone that had no finance background before. And then, yeah, 2020, I mean, I was living with a partner to begin with at the beginning of the year. That relationship sort of fell apart and the rest of the year has been a whirlwind since then. Uh, and I'm still sort of recovering and finding my feet from that. So and that's that was a big part of, of how everything unfolded. It was also due to work and a change in my sort of short-term to medium-term life goals. And I'll, I'll speak about that, I guess, a bit later. But yeah, so, so up until beginning of this year, I was very confident in my financial situation. Uh, and this year has been a, a kick in the ass, really. We'll get to the next part of the conversation and what happened. But reflecting on it now, are you concerned or were you surprised, are you surprised at how quickly you went from everything's pretty good on track and then holy shit, like what's happened? Like it, it was a 12-month a, a span that everything occurred across. While when you look back and you go, Jesus, that, that happened in one year, there was a sequence of events. And throughout that time period, I was trying to adapt and find the best solution at the time. I thought I was doing the right thing and I thought I had control. And then it, it really hit late this year that I didn't, that I needed to make some sudden changes. And, and I did that. Um, and I, now I'm, I'm credit card free. So in, in sort of two and a half, three months, I completely wiped it off. And that's, that comes back to, you know, I'm in a very solid financial situation with work um, and my employment. And I'm forever grateful that I am because if I wasn't, God knows where I'd be sitting right now because it was very quickly a very slippery slope. Mm, and I think that's that's one thing that sort of appears in a lot of stories when you're down in the trenches making those day-to-day decisions you can sometimes make the decision that maybe isn't the best for you. But then once you have the chance to look back and have hindsight, you can kind of step back and go, oh, this is what I should have done instead. But it's very hard at the time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's um, incredibly difficult to to have that biggest perspective and the opportunity cost that comes from making those decisions and, and look back and go, well, I could have done this so differently and save myself a lot of money in the process by just taking more time to do things. And I think that was the big thing with the credit card, the line of credit, you know, as soon as you open that floodgate and you have that ability to, to make purchases quicker, thinking, oh, I'll just pay for it next month, it's a very quickly compounding effect. All of a sudden realize, oh shit, I can't pay it off next month. Now it's the month after, but I'm already thinking about putting more things for next month and, and it just on and on it goes. Yeah. And some of the, the danger mm-hmm. of having like a really a high paying job and a secure income is the banks are often willing to give you a very big credit limit. Is that something that happened to you? Absolutely. Um, so I guess, you know, I had two credit cards, right? I applied for them pretty much in the same week. Cause, so in my head, I was wanting to buy purchases that I was always, always going to put the money and spend the money at, at the, that time. So I figured, you know, I get the credit cards, I get the Qantas frequent flyer points, Mm. Um, I have a holiday at the end of it paid for you beauty. So I got two credit cards. One was for about five grand. One was for about 16, zero checks or balances after I gave my salary in. And I think I got approved within a day. So they were absolutely willing to give me that line of credit. Not that I needed that much, but I didn't change that limit either. So I could have reduced that. So I, d- I couldn't max out that much, but I didn't. And then that happened. So, so what happened? 
then at the beginning of 2020, can you describe kind of how life changed and what, how that resulted in getting to where you were? Well, I guess I had a fairly uh, long-term partner at the beginning of the year. We were living together. Then that relationship broke down very suddenly. Dee sort of moved back to her parents. And then I found myself requiring some time off work to, to get my head straight. So within, I think, three days, I found myself on a plane over to Vancouver. And I went skiing in February uh, for about three weeks in Whistler. And if you think about the time period that that was, COVID had just sort of kicked off. It was building a momentum in mm. Asia sort of area. It hadn't quite spread at that point in time. I basically took off to Whistler with about four days' notice, booked flights last minute, not caring what the price was, because I was very confident in my financial situation. It didn't bother me to just tell work, well, work Mm. that you need time off and go. And I'm forever grateful for them for that, because when your head isn't in the game, you need to take that time and reevaluate. So I took off to Vancouver, went skiing for three weeks, spent all my savings. Absolutely everything. And this was after late last year buying a four-wheel drive with the intention of traveling within Australia and WA with my partner at the time while she was finishing her uni. So I bought a very expensive four-wheel drive the, in you know, October 2019. I'd also gone on two international, three international holidays that year mm-hmm. with her to different places. Uh, beginning of yeah, 2020, took off to Vancouver, mm-hmm. spent all my savings, flew back in, I think the week after the market crashed. So in that regard, I was very lucky because I had actually sold a lot of my shares to buy the four-wheel drive at a, at a very good price, at a very good share price. And I'd, I'd made a, a very quite significant gains from that. So thanks for a couple of your recommendations, Owen, a couple of years ago um, for, for a couple of things. But anyway, <laughs> so I didn't have any shares. I wasn't impacted by the crash. And then I was working FIFO to Adelaide prior to this, prior to everything happening for a, a mining company over there, was contracted over to there. So I was I was working Monday to Friday, flying back and forth. And basically, I flew back into Perth from mm-hmm. Vancouver. I did, I think, one swing over to Adelaide after res- uh, resuming work as normal. And then uh, basically work said flights across Australia are coming, uh, looking like they're going to be cut short, cut mm-hmm. completely. You have either option of working remotely from Perth or, re- or re- uh, relocating over to Adelaide for a while. So I packed the ute and left, I think, 24 hours later um, and drove to Nullarbor. So lived over there for a while. I think the two weeks later, they closed the head office. So I ended up working from a, a hotel room for four months straight. So that was my 2020. Well, I mean, we're in full lockdown. So I think it was isolating for everyone. Um, but I think that's just been 2020 really for everyone. So I don't think it would have been any different sure. if I was in Perth to being over there. It was it was a bit of an adventure. I mean, Adelaide opened up a lot earlier than than most other places did, and then I was in a brand new city. I think I knew two people through work in the city, yeah. so you know I was doing a lot of exploring on my own. You know, exploring with my, with the four wheel drive. Lucky I had that over there, because yeah. I was in lockdown for uh, maybe two three months without really being able to do too much. Um, that, this is right at the beginning of my time over there. I started tinkering with the Ute, and then that tinkering became upgrading that upgrading became full redesign and this is where the slippery slope began and uh, yeah continued through to with the the credit cards but was that because you were kind of looking for things to do you're dealing you're still fresh in the memory was this breakup um and you were just was it just a good distraction imagine like a big lego set and that's what it was and i started adding this cutting off that (laughs) 
um, all of a sudden I was borrowing grinders from my mate and doing stuff that I never imagined I'd be doing to a four-wheel drive uh, 12 months before. And, you know, it was a lot of fun and I really enjoyed the process and I'm still doing all that stuff now. But, yeah, it was definitely a distraction. So, yeah, that's, that's how it all sort of came about, I guess. Mm, and you, so you got to a point where your paycheck that was coming in from your job wasn't covering all these ute renovations, I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm not going to go into the details just because it's a long story. But basically, I, I went to, to make one upgrade, which required a second. And then the second didn't quite work as I intended it to. I had to do a big redesign. And then that big redesign was where the credit cards came in. And it was a, a very substantial upgrade in one hit. And I had to do it a lot quicker than I normally would have mm. because at that point in time, I was kind of ready to move back to Perth and I wanted to, to speed this up. So it just sort of happened. And then I was like, well, I'll just you know put it on the credit card and I'll pay it off later so I can get back to Perth. Because I think I'd be there for three, three and a half months by this point. I was just homesick and looking to be back with my family and all the rest of it. So yeah, that's pretty much the situation of yeah how that came to be. But it didn't stop there, right? You um, it wasn't just credit cards. Like you uh, you ended up getting some advice by the sounds of it for you wrote in. Yeah, so I guess my my way out was two two main things that not saved me, but definitely helped in speed up the the clearance of all this mm-hmm. of all the credit card debt. I spoke to my tax accountant when I did my tax return this year and he said you know if you've got this debt why don't you look at pulling money out of your super I was like well I don't think I qualify because of how much I earn and he's like well you had to relocate for COVID so you definitely qualify and I was like oh okay sweet and so that's what I did and because I pulled money out of my super I think in October the markets have recovered I don't I can't actually see any hit now from that point. So it, it, it worked out very well because I wasn't pulling out. I know you guys have spoken a lot about the impact everyone's long-term financial situation with super in, in pulling out money you know, early this year when the market had crashed. Mm. But because I pulled out so much later and because I salary sacrificed to the 25K cap every year, just automated, auto, it's just automated through uh, my employer, there's a much lesser hit, I guess you'd say. And I've been salary sacrificing for so long that it it kind of made a lot of sense. So that cleared off a lot of it. And then I had a, a boat that I was looking to sell anyway. And I got a, a, a you know very unexpected offer on that about the right time. And I was like, well, that makes sense. I'm looking to do more four-wheel drive travel anyway and not really be able to use the boat. So sold that off, put that straight on the credit card. And then I think the next month salary paid it off. So, you know, it, it that was my saving grace, I'd say. And if I didn't have that situation or if I wasn't in continuous um, employment, mm. then, you know, it would be a lot different. Yeah. So some of your the decisions you'd made in 2018, 2019, and some of the assets you had, some of the money you put inside of Super that actually sort of helped you get out of this in the end. Absolutely. And I have pretty much all my finances automated. My favorite thing, telling people to yes. automate their finances. hundred um, percent. You know, investing through, you know, the different, you know, the, the raises and, and that sort of stuff to, to automate things through that. I'm not going to go into all those, but yeah, those those decisions two years ago have definitely helped now, mm. um, to, to put it short. It's, it's, it's kind of, I don't know, I'm just like imagining 
you know, when you go into hospital and you see that thing and it goes like beep, beep, there's like with everything that you did, you're like on this perfect track where things were going right. And then all of a sudden there was this big bleep in like what your journey and you went straight into debt and then straight back out of it. Yeah, it was a big dive. And then the moment that I saw that I'd capped out or maxed out those two cards, it was just like a, a mindset switch. And it was like, nah, I'm better than this. That was the point where I was like, nah, bang, all this gone now. And do, do you think do you think you would have sold the boat if someone hadn't made you an offer? Like, did you have it on like Marketplace or were you actively trying to sell it? I, look, I'd, I'd made a, <laughs> I'd put a, a very half-winded attempt of putting an email out to my sailing club going potentially looking at selling this but I hadn't really put too much effort into it because I was kind of still umming and ahhing over it but I'm glad I did now like looking back it was the right decision and and my plans for you know 2021 2022 I don't have time for the boat so that'll come down the track I mean in short I want to do a lap of of Oz I've been building this boat uh, this car now for 10 months so damn we're going to use it um to put it short (laughs) Yeah, great. It's a thing. Boats particularly are an interesting one because they cost a lot of money and they get utilized very little. So they have like low utilization. So they end up costing a lot of money for the actual time you spend on them. I wonder that because I mean, a lot of people don't have boats, but I feel like what you did is actually a really important step for a lot of people to think about, which is that if you are in that situation, just look around you and see what you can do and what, what assets you can liquidate, right? Absolutely. I mean, I think one of uh, Barefoot's first points in his book is to build up your emergency fund is look around your room and see what you aren't using, what clothes you're not wearing anymore, what you can sell at a market, you know, just any, all the small bits add up. Mm. You know, luck when you say, you know, boats deteriorate rather quickly um, and they don't get used much. I mean, this was a sailing boat, so it didn't deteriorate in value over the, the few years that I did have it by a substantial amount. So I, I, I didn't lose too much in equity mm. from it. But they're definitely there's some serious upkeeps in them, which I'm I'm glad I don't have to pay for anymore. So, but yeah, absolutely. Like yeah, you you, you get rid of what you don't need. I guess mindset in the last twelve months mm. is to really go towards a minimalistic, nomad sort of experience. I also moved back with my parents when all this sort of happened. When I was trying to get get rid of the um the credit card debt, and I'm also you know I'm working FIFO and traveling on most of my breaks now. So. There's no reason for me to have a unit that I'm renting. It's dead money. I'm never, never there. Yeah. So moving back to the folks, putting some money into their mortgage instead and you know, not paying someone else's makes a lot more sense and it saves a lot of money as well. So there was all those, those things that all added up to allow me to get back to where I am now. Yeah, and I'm also interested to know, did you, did you go through all this alone or did you talk to anyone about the debt or like, did you just keep it close to your chest, the whole thing? No, I kept it close to my chest. Yeah, you know, I I could have reached out to services and and help providers and all the rest of it. And there's a lot of support out there for this situation. But in my head, I was like, well, you made this mess. You know better. You're going to clean it up. Yeah, there was no ums and ahrings about it. It was it's now, and you're not getting back in the situation again. So it's one of those things. And I feel like as an engineer, you're kind of wired to think that way. Hundred percent. You you think problem fix. Like <laughs> yeah, the way I look at everything, and it used to drive my makes partner crazy. I get data and I analyze and I rationalize and I commit. And that is pretty much how I went through this. So do you feel that, because we call this the financial resilience project, do you think that like your ability to manage your finances 
is is better now that you've been through this? It was a real eye opener in terms of my personality that it can be quite not compulsive, but um, very very fixated on one thing at a time. You know, I I realise now that I need to be careful about that in the future in in anything I do, and to make sure that I'm you know doing these bigger picture checks as I go. Yeah, I think I answered your question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So are there any specific steps you've put into place now, maybe with a specific budget? I know you mentioned automating to stop yourself going into this position again. One of the things that I think, I'm not sure if you guys have talk, talked about it in one of your segments or if it's barefoot, is um, paying yourself first, like making sure that my um, automated investments are you know, done beginning of the month. As soon as I get paid, um, that's all. I don't see that money basically. It goes straight into share investing, dollar cost averaging across you know twelve months each year is as Owen's uh, discussed multiple times at length the best way to, to go about things. So that uh, getting back into that because I, I I completely stopped pretty much investing throughout this year because I was spending money elsewhere. So starting to to look more mm. at that long term goal in doing that is definitely a, a mm. big thing. I'm also looking at side hustle in some regards in terms of um, how I can – so I, I want to do this sort of you know, lap around Oz over the next you know, 12, 24 months, um, how I can sort of wing that in with working still full-time as, a, as an engineer and monetizing. You know, I'm, I'm also into photography and videography and um, that sort of stuff, so how I can sort of monetize all that as well in a, in, as a side hobby. Yeah, there's definitely a few things that I've started considering since all this has been happening, going, how can I set myself up better so this doesn't happen again? I think overall, after going through everything you have and all your learning prior to 2020 as well, what is your main lesson that you want people to take away from your story? So I guess the, the entire reason I called in or emailed in to you guys is um, like what, are you, what, you're most, what your listeners are listening to most that listen to you guys it was a very young demographic. So give, in terms of the other, other sort of playlists that people listen to, so given your young demographic that listen to this podcast, they're people that are generally either could be earning substantial wages in the future or already are but are still quite young. This could happen to anyone. And my big sort of share would be to be very careful about the mentality cycle that you fall in because that was the thing that's, that shocked me the most. And that also looking back in the last month or two since clearing this debt and how I now think about everything when I analyze a purchase, it's not, oh, I'll just chuck it on to the card and I'll, you know, I'll get it next month. It's, well, hold on. I've, I've already invested this this month. You've got this left. There's an opportunity cost and you can't get that credit again. So that's really the, the big thing. Whereas before it was like, oh, I'll just chuck it on the card. You know, I'll get it next month. I'm I'm fine. It's all good. Um, so that's the the big, I guess, message is to those who are young out there, nearly about to graduate or just graduated, coming into some money. Um, be very careful. That's all. I definitely won't be getting a credit card again. Yeah, that's for sure. That's great advice, <laughs> mate. We really, really appreciate you coming on the show. We know a lot of these topics are sensitive and and what have you, but we really, really appreciate you taking the time out and being so candid with everything. No worries, mate. Pressure. Yeah, pleasure. Cool. Kate, as always, thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast, where our mission is to improve the financial futures of all Australians. 
If you'd like to learn more, create a free account at risk.com.au forward slash account to download free episode workbooks, bonus resources, and take our amazing free personal finance courses. You can also join our online community by following the link in the description. If you enjoyed the show, what we'd love is for you to leave us a snappy review on iTunes. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Rask Australia. Kate and I are also on both of those channels. Finally, if you have any feedback, suggestions for episodes or guests to come on the show, or you just have a question for us, shoot us an email at podcast at rask.com.au. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says Invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.